speed up, but look on the ASA. My gosh, they're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi everyone and welcome back to That UFO Podcast. My name is Andy and we have a breakdown for you with some news updates, a couple of reviews and anything else that may come up. Dan, welcome back. Hi, hi. It's uh, it's good to be here. What a, what a great week. It has been a very good week, and and I suppose just before we kick off with the the celebration stuff, a little bit of of news that came out social media wise in terms of the podcast. Just wanted to to mention in an audio form. That's a that's a really weird way of saying that, isn't it? Other than just <laughs> tell people, I'm going to mention it in an audio form. That's really weird. Sorry, everyone. So, um, yes, you might have seen a few days ago. I mentioned on social media that. On the feed you have for that UFO podcast, you are going to see some other shows coming out, not with my voice, which I'm very happy about. Um, They won't be on any of the paid platforms. These are going to be shows that go out onto the free feeds, and it's just additional content. The first one is Priscilla Stone's Quantum Witch Cafe. Uh, Priscilla digs into some areas that we get asked to talk about sometimes on the podcast, don't we, Dan? That we we tend just not to go into because it's not our, our bag, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's a lot of areas where we don't have the depth of knowledge required to talk about something. Um, and Priscilla, you know, covers a, a really good area there. Yeah, the, the first one that we uploaded was her recent interview with um, a medium. And that's not, you know, I always think a medium, large, small, you know, but uh, mediumship and medium when it comes to spirituality. And that's just not something we would normally discuss on the podcast. However, it's an area Priscilla is comfortable with and she can relate to her guests with. And that's that's why I, I invited Priscilla on to release her stuff. She's got her own channel as well on YouTube. I encourage people to follow Priscilla on social media as well. Um, you can find her. Dan, if you could just find Priscilla's socials for me again. I think it's at quantum underscore witch with a Y, but uh, if you could check for me. But the idea is that you'll hear some content that isn't ours, and it just means more content. Yeah, Dan's telling me it's at quantum underscore witch, and witch is with a Y, and give Priscilla a follow. You can subscribe to our stuff on YouTube as well, and it's just some additional content. If it's not to your taste or liking, like not all of our interviews are for everyone. There are people who you will skip and and whatnot, I'm sure, then great. But otherwise, it's some additional content for free for you on the feeds. As well as that, pretty soon in the next couple of weeks... Dave Partridge and Graham Rendell, colleagues and friends of ours from UAP Media, are starting their own pod as well. That will be released through That UFO Podcast. Um, I suppose you can start to think of your That UFO Podcast feed as a bit of a network. So um, I'm just kind of working on that with, with the content still coming. But if you've heard Dave and Graham speaking on our own shows or um, if they've been on someone else's, they have a phenomenal depth of of ufo knowledge uh when it comes to the history the cases the detail that they go into is just fascinating i could invite dan on and we could sit and say we're going to discuss the you know roswell or betty and barney hill case or 
you know, 1947 East German Foo Fighters appearances, but we'd, we'd be struggling with it because it's not our thing again. Uh, and as much as people like hearing us talk about stuff, let the experts do it. So you will hear Dave and Graham on their own podcast. It'll be released through that UFO podcast feeds, but they will be very much doing their own show and have their own guests involved as well. And Dan and I will be helping out, I suppose, with the production of that in the background to make sure it's the same quality that you come to expect from from our pods as well, Dan, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that includes Dan doing some of the graphic design for the logos. And uh, we're going that's, to. That's um, implicit. Yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's implied. Um, and the same with Priscilla's stuff as well. Just we'll, we'll put some logos and, and uh, some music on it as well, folks. And uh, when I did announce those on socials, we had a lot of great feedback, which is appreciated. Uh, Dave and Graham's will be starting in the new year and we'll get an um, outward of frequency and scheduling. But Dan, people did ask me, oh, is Dan going to be doing a show as well? Oh, Dan. No, no, nothing from me. (laughs) Dan's not allowed. Uh, But yes, we can say that Dan will be doing his own pod. Nothing changes in terms of the That UFO podcast interviews, the breakdowns, the roundtables, whatever we do still carries on. But you'll have additional content from creators with their own voices, their own tones, and their own areas of expertise. Dan, do you want to say a little bit about what you're going to be doing as much as you can? Yeah, sure. So I'm, I'm kind of still exploring the the idea fully, but I, I said to Andy before this podcast started that on a scale of Andy to Priscilla, I exist at about a five. So my show is going to be kind of off the beaten path of what we usually talk about, but kind of bridging the conversation to the, to the more woo things, I'd say. I think if I had to give an example... When I spoke to Dr. Andrew Gallimore, which if you haven't checked that out, it's a really good uh, conversation. Dan was part of it on psychedelics. I can get into those conversations at a certain level. I will speak about, you know, the uh, the kind of base level and we'll explore some topics, but I don't have that really inbuilt, ingrained knowledge like Dave or Graham does on the history of the subject to just dig deeper. And I think that's where Dan comes into his own where he can really get into those subjects or guests and have those conversations that will flow much more naturally than me attempting to do that kind of stuff as well. So again, I'm I'm really happy for Dan to do that. He's been on this podcast now, what, almost a year and a half. And it's it's time, time to flies. kind of Yeah. I was going to say it's time to let the, the birds out of the nest and feel like <laughs> a, a proud dad going, go on create your own podcast son um but again it's it, for me i i've always from the start folks and i appreciate i've taken up five minutes of your time but had the idea that the podcast down the line could develop into a little bit of a network and it's it's additional content at a time when there are, are a lot of people consuming a lot of content if you like it great if you don't thanks just skip it that would be the the suggestion but i would love people to support dan support dave and graham support priscilla and any of your own content creators or podcasts youtubers bloggers whatever it might be that you listen to so that's all to come in the coming weeks and and thank you to everyone who's been really supportive uh, in the early days and we'll get more news out as it happens speaking of news dan big news this week was that the ndaa passed through the US Senate, which we have all been keeping tabs on for some time. Now, I'm going to clear up, as I said to you before we hit record, Dan, <laughs> I I can't personally say I am celebrating the Defence Act passing. It doesn't really mean much of anything to me at all. What I am very happy about, and you could say celebrating, is that one of many amendments that were made by a particular senator, uh, the, the Gillibrand Amendment, as it's known, 
contained you know the the instruction of starting a ufo office that will be funded there will be um, a level of transparency we can expect and it's, it's a really good thing for the topic and subject we know and love that's what i'm celebrating not necessarily that the, the defense act has passed because i suppose it doesn't really work terminology wise that does it yeah and and there's no doubt some things in the ndaa that you we might disagree with as well so to blanket support it when i haven't read the whole thing yeah, well, I, yeah I, I, i'll yeah full transparency <laughs> we haven't read the full ndaa um it's, it's just not what you would do as unless you've got a deep interest in that but there's that one very specific small piece um, uh, it's like section 1683 yeah everyone knows that yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like um it's like having that kind of thousand piece jigsaw and there's one piece of the jigsaw that we really 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 like that's that's what we care about not the other 999 pieces just that one bit and that's what's to be celebrated in terms of of ufos and uaps um so dan you, you've been kind of following this as it's gone through i like the little chart you've been posting online that shows you where it's at in terms of really easy to follow arrows and yeah. it's like it's like when you're watching your uber eats order and it tells you finally it's left you know or your, dom- <laughs> your domino's pizza is now out for delivery that's what we've kind of got in terms of this kind of update so where, where are we at now so it currently reads if you go onto the uh the s1605 page on congress.gov it currently reads resolving differences um it passed the house on the 7th of december um passed the senate on the 15th um i think it was today or yesterday that the senate notified the house that you know that they passed that amendment so it can progress to to resolving differences but the section that's resolving differences is usually during the normal process of things where it goes house senate resolve differences biden this time we had a kind of bit of a weird journey it went from the house to the senate then back again then through again so i i would expect that the resolving differences portion won't last that long um i can't see the uap language being affected there you know it's been pretty unanimous everyone's been very supportive no one's spoken out negatively about it um if if i were a betting man i'd i'd say five pounds that we're gonna have a a nice surprise by by Christmas, and the Biden will sign that in, and we can celebrate a properly funded, properly supported uh, UAP office that's going to last until twenty twenty six. I have seen people comment online, Dan, that they are disappointed at the lack of mainstream media coverage on on this going into action that we're going to get this UFO office. But is that because it's it's such a small piece of such a large act? It's also not low yet. Until Biden signs it in, it could, you know, there's a small chance of it happening, but Biden could just say no. And then it never goes through. So celebrating now is, it's a little bit premature. I've said this before. It it reminds me of that moment in Endgame when Tony Stark is asking, you know, is this the moment we win out of all the different timelines you saw to Doctor Strange? And Doctor Strange just puts up the finger like, shh, it's going well, don't say anything. Um, And that's about where we are now. Uh, Once Biden signs it in, crack the champagne. But until then, there's like a 0.01% chance that it'll be derailed. Awesome. And yeah, and look, it's good news. And I think what it means is that this this kind of part of the journey is almost over. And there there may be a few months of of less news in terms of, yeah. you know, this going through and what may or may not be happening in the background. But I think what it lets us get back to is that kind of speculating. I mean, for us, we'll still be doing interviews and updates and everything else that may or may not go on in the background. People like Jeremy Corbell have been quiet for a long time. I would fully expect in the coming months, maybe Jeremy to, to pop his head up and 
drop some some sort of video that's been leaked to him, um, which would be welcome, regardless of what it was. Any kind of capture would be fantastic. But I, I think it's fair, just in my opinion, to say that maybe over the next couple of months, in terms of leaks coming from within the DOD, the Pentagon, all that kind of stuff, it might be pretty sparse in terms of anything coming out, given it could really destabilise or, or ruin the momentum of this office being set up in the background. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. You, you know, they're going to need to do all the admin stuff and, you know, make sure there are computers in the office and make yeah. sure the payroll for everyone that works there is right and agree on the organizational structure and so on and so forth. That just takes work. It takes a while. So, yeah, I would agree there's probably going to be a, a, a quiet spell uh, where we can all kind of, you know, enjoy a glass of wine and pat ourselves on the back for a job well assisted. Um, and then it'll be so when Biden passes into law, uh, or I should say, if not to not to jinx it, um, it'll be a ninety day countdown until the first uh, briefing to Congress with a semi annual report. Um, the annual report comes basically the deadline is Halloween, twenty twenty two. So within ninety days, we might see senators start talking about the kind of things that they're hearing, especially if they're deciding to loosen up a bit and, and start having a conversation but we'll see it, it'll probably be something like T, tmz corner and someone and getting a, a quote so maybe february march and do you think there's any chance at that point we have uh, a leslie kane ralph blumenthal helen cooper piece in the new york times if they get wind of anything coming out is that is that what is there potential for that probably i i can't imagine the reporters at the big papers are sitting on this and waiting um you, you know i personally know a reporter that's waiting on it to be signed into law to kind of publish a celebratory piece. No doubt, you know, places like The Independent or New York Times or Washington Post, they probably have those pieces in the works right now waiting for the go button. In the meantime, there is plenty of content from a lot of different creators out there as well. Um, I've not listened to this yet, and I don't think Dan has, but Ross Coulthart, who is, has just been on the podcast last week, and we got phenomenal feedback. Um, we had 500 people on the YouTube premiere which was amazing and yeah dan and i were trying to to monitor the chat and, and speak to everyone which was great um so that that was amazing thank you and if you've not checked it out go check it out it was ross coltart returns and ross will be back on in the new new year at some point um just to let you know that the next interview release is up now as we record this uh, and it's dr michael p masters which was a fascinating subject or uh, talk on his book identified flying objects and his upcoming book which is going to be on extratemporal species so we talked about a whole load of subjects and hopefully i've done it some justice i would have loved dan to have been on there as well who could have uh, steered me a little bit on some of it but it was really good that i had dan's input on the the format of the interview anyway but that was a really interesting chat that goes out uh, free on monday the 20th of december for everyone but otherwise, if you want to listen to it early, check out patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast, Apple Premium. It'll be up on the YouTube Premium soon, Spotify Premium. If you search that UFO podcast premium, I'm going to stop saying premium. Um, <laughs> and I've got a quick ask because this always happens at the end. And I know a lot of people drop off by the end just before we get on to the, the reviews, Dan. And then also, could you mention the raffle in just a second? If you haven't already, I would greatly appreciate on any podcast platform you listen to, if you could leave us a review, obviously five stars would be much appreciated. And um, if you can, a comment as well. 
any platform is greatly appreciated, but particularly Apple, it makes a big, big difference. If you leave a, a, a review on Apple, it helps with the algorithm, it helps with the chart positions, and it would just be great. If you haven't done that, take a few seconds to do that for us, and we'll consider it a Christmas gift as well. Um, Dan, speaking of Christmas gifts, there is one week left of the raffle, isn't there? There is, yeah. So we're currently running a raffle, uh, raising money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and the Humane Society International. The proceeds will be split 50-50 between them. Um, We've got some great prizes. Raffle prizes include uh, a truth poster um, signed by Lou Elizondo. We had that signed by Lou when we met him in London, which was amazingly cool of him. Um, Then that comes with a kind of matching NFT uh, that's basically an animated piece of art. as well as that, uh, Dave Partridge of Shadows of Your Mind magazine has donated a first edition of uh, Donald, a uh, major Donald Kehoe book, uh, which is a rare and amazing find. Um, I've got a few more prizes to pour up as well. Jazz Shaw uh, donated a, a, a knitted alien autopsy, which is just amazing and cute. And everyone should check it out because it's one of two in existence. And there's a lot of uh, lo- love and passion put into that. Um, so the it's a minimum £10 entry. Um, and you get 10 entries for that, you will be entered into draws for all of the prizes. So even if you don't win one, you could win another one. Um, And then as a kind of a bonus thing, uh, Lou Elizondo has said that he will call the person who donates the most or the highest amount um, for a personal thank you call. Um, Andy likes to say it's the kind of thing money can't buy, but in this case, you can buy it. So if you want to talk to Lou, uh, go give a nice big donation uh, to those organizations and uh, you'll be in with the running. You can find the raffle at go.rallyup.com forward slash truth. Awesome. And it's a a very good cause, two very good causes, very worthy causes. Um, I had shared one just, again, we don't like to use the the twitter feeds for anything other than ufo stuff but just at this time of year it's nice to give a little something back if you can and i've just shared a a local northeast charity in england who donate uh, christmas presents to kids and they are really really low this year on on donations and the warehouse was like i've got a friend who volunteers there was really really empty um particularly for kids for kind of a little older kids as well so um if anyone can check out the the twitter page um, but it's cash for kids northeast if you want to google it as well and if you can you can donate presents directly you can donate some cash if you want to i went to the the local shop yesterday and spent um some money on loads of selection boxes and stuff for babies and, and various different age groups and stuff as well so um, it's just nice if you can to give something back but it's a tough time of year for everyone so I um, appreciate that but listen the the second half of this we have been planning on doing this for a few weeks we want to discuss two documentaries that we recently watched um, the first one being The Observers and uh, then on to Multidimensional uh, and we're just going to kind of share our thoughts on them. We interviewed the executive producer and director of The Observers uh, recently, and that was a really nice chat with those guys. And uh, the reaction, to be fair, was pretty mixed on The Observers. Um, and I have to be really honest, it was probably on the negative side from what I saw, looking at a lot of different reactions. And that's I think that's only fair at this point. It's been out a few weeks now as well. Um so the observers is produced by Jimmy Church. Surprise, surprise! It um, I want to use the word stars very loosely, but it has John Greenwald, Jimmy Church, Linda Moulton Howe, Richard Dolan, a very fleeting appearance by Lou Elizondo, 
uh, William Henry, Whitley Strieber, Jesse Ventura, and Deborah Jordan Cobble. I, I may have missed off one or two other um, short appearances in there. So, um, Dan, this uh, documentary, it starts highlighting and recapping the 2017 story. It's got uh, Lou on the scene, the media picking up the story from the New York Times. And what can we say? Then then the train falls off the tracks. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, it was, it felt like a few different films in one. Yes. You know, like, I said that to you earlier, didn't I? And <laughs> I felt it was two documentaries. There's the first half, the second half, and there's a couple of minutes in the middle where we jump to Jesse Ventura talking about JFK. So um, we'll, we'll try not spoil loads here, folks, but it might have some spoilery stuff. But actually, there's not a whole lot to spoil because I don't feel this documentary gave you anything at all new. It was it was a recap, and I don't think it's anything that these people haven't done themselves or we haven't on our own platforms. Um, yeah, I, they, there was... There was a point kind of, I can't remember how far in with it, but it was Linda Moulton Howe and she was she was kind of sat on the stool with that cool background uh, telling a story. And her story was about her own book. Yeah. And and it was at that point that I was like, who I, I don't understand who the film was talking to. Because for newcomers, it takes that conspiratorial tone that, you know, people, their eyes glaze over and they just kind of walk away from those kind of things. Um but then for the experienced folk, we've kind of heard all that before and we've seen it in, in a lot of shows and things like that, that it came out before, you know, the 2017 thing. Um, I think the, the beginning portion was a solid update, but then it kind of becomes a blur. <laughs> Dan, I've always said on the pod, I pride myself on, if I'm doing an interview with someone who is doing a media run or a media round, that it won't be the same as you hear on everyone else's podcast. It'll be different questions. I'll, I'll make sure I deep dive into things that people have missed off as best I can. And I think that if you are a documentary maker, you've got to look at your piece and think, what am I going to add to this conversation? If people watch this, what are they going to get? And for me, that there's nothing here that if you watch the phenomenon, that you're going to add uh, we, we mentioned that first half being about the last um be, being the last kind of four years linda moulton howe has done a lot in this subject but what's been linda moulton howe's involvement in the last four years what has been her place she she sold some material to tom that's that's i think i think that's the only part of the narrative that's touched uh from from linda in in the past few years yeah uh, and it's one of those things where john greenwald who has has a phenomenal black vault site and does some great work when it comes to foia but gets himself involved in a ufo documentary when i don't i i don't know if he's the best name for something like this he just seems to be a name attached through through Jimmy Church, no doubt as well, but he, he's someone who constantly online likes to to stir the pot, like Stephen Greenstreet, who we've interviewed, and I, I I like Stephen, but again his opinions he goes back and forward and almost seems to enjoy trolling, and very much won't engage in people who don't like their narrative or conversation, and again John Greenwald being a part of that, 
I, I don't know. Um, it was just, I think it was disappointing. It was well produced. It looked nice. Um, but the music that played through the entire thing, and this is something that quite a few people pointed out, the music starts right at the beginning and literally does not stop. It plays for the full piece, and it's really jarring that there just seems to be this ambient music that just plays for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, it, it kind of has this effect of, you, you know, when you're watching something and you lose interest and then it pulls you back in for a second. When it was pulling me back in, it felt like I was watching a trailer of a documentary as opposed to actually watching the documentary because it was just pasted with this dramatic music. Um, and and just stories as well, you know? Uh, I, I feel like we're past that point now. Yeah, the Linda Moulton House stuff, like she she mentions early on, there's an internal war over the question of who and when as to who gets to tell the the world that we're not alone or the the USA. Uh, but there's no evidence of that. She doesn't go into any detail. It's just it's just mentioned. Um, there's then a lot of assumed conjecture from from Linda that the US government would come out and apologize and move forward with admissions. Again, there, there's nothing to back that up. It's just it just seems to be sound bites and snippets being thrown out there, um, with with little to back it up in the background. And for me, I'll go back to it. You look at the documentary, the phenomenon. This this documentary didn't have to be made, uh, and it it really falls for me flat in that respect. Um, they talk about the UAP task force build up, uh, and as we heard at the time, how can a hundred and eighty day countdown be enough to prepare for any announcement? And it needs to be that global effort, I think, for for that to have happened anyway. Um, Richard Dolan, he he said on it, the language of the task force report seemed to indicate that it was aimed at playing down this whole angle. Said that um, it was a national security ta- challenge and not a threat. I think there was a lot of just just sound bites people were thrown out, um, and I don't know if that was within the editing. But probably like with some of these things, you, you know, I, I watch a lot of Rich's content and he, he has spoken before about how you'll get invited in and they'll just talk to you about stuff and then they just chop it up like crazy. Um, and you just end up, you, you know, something that you maybe said as a joke becomes a main point during a conversation um, or they'll put you, they'll juxtapose you with someone else, you know, um, and it just, it changes the meaning of what you're saying. So yeah, I would put that down to the editing probably. Yeah. So again, it managed to get some big names attached. Um, Lou Elizondo is advertised as being a part of this. That's generous. Lou appears for what, a minute? And this is purely just my opinion. It felt to me like Lou wasn't going to be a part of this. And I'm I'm going to guess just because of recent, you know, interviews and stuff he's done for him. Jimmy Church has managed to twist Lou's arm for an appearance. And Lou's done a bit says nothing he's not said before um speaks very well and it's enough that they can attach his name to to sell this documentary um because he's literally there and he's gone so that for me is a little bit sneaky and it was attaching lou's name and i imagine they tried to get others no doubt they approached a chris mellon a tom delong you know a hal put off Eric Davis, whoever they may have been. And what they managed to get was essentially just the usual names. Dolan, Linda Moulton Howe, Greenwald's managed to get himself on a few documentaries. And and they unfortunately, and I mean that sincerely, I don't want this to be poor, they don't add anything to the conversation here. 
yeah, I, I'd agree with that. It, it's not something that I could go out of my way to recommend. Um, I don't necessarily curse the time I spent watching it, uh, just just because you know everything's informative. Um, but it, it was more like the UFO documentaries of yesteryear that we kind of moved past. I thought, yeah. Um, for me, it, it takes a change in the middle. It was like they didn't have enough for one documentary, so they they made two and put it together. Uh, Jesse Ventura pops in. I, I love hearing Jesse Ventura talk wrestling. Um, given I'm a, a wrestling fan and especially the old old wrestling. Um, but he he for a long long time has moved into conspiracy theories. He's had his own show on it. It's all very well mapped out. Jesse Ventura's thoughts on various different things. Does Jesse Ventura help with his type of character spread the the message of of UAP UFOs and, and what in twenty twenty one? Probably not. Jesse Ventura's time for for this subject was very much in the late nineties, and that's where it should have stayed. Um. It, it jumps for just a few minutes to the JFK conspiracy. And then all of a sudden we're out of that and we get into a, a strange episode of Ancient Aliens almost tagged on to the end. Um, it then gets to Whitley Strieber talking about abductions, the volume of physical evidence. Uh, they touch on implants that are removed from abductees. Interesting stuff, but it's just totally different to what you've been watching already. And, and then we end up with uh, Deborah Jordan Cobble sharing a rather harrowing story about an alleged, and I'm saying alleged, alleged experiences and potential impregnations and removal of a hybrid baby, and there's zero evidence for for this happening. But again, I, I like I've said before when I've spoken to experiencers, it's their story, okay. But for me, it's just her telling you that this happened, so you have to believe me. And I don't see what place it had on on this documentary. Am I being unfair, Dan? No, I don't think so. It's like I said, that usually has to be a reason. You know, who are you trying to convince? And and I just don't think they put up much of a fight to convince anyone of anything. It just felt like here's another documentary with the usual people you're used to. Um, that happened, I guess, you know? <laughs> I, I've got a note down here, Dan, that Linda Moulton Howe then goes full Star Wars triple threat, mentioning <laughs> it's blondes versus greys versus reptilians. And again, that for me, it just goes back to, to Linda mentioning her book and plugging her material and what she does in terms of the content she produces, which I, I've listened to some of it myself. Like I've said before, I quite enjoy hearing some of the stories that may or may not be true about, you know, alleged Antarctic bases and, and all that kind of stuff. But it tends to be Linda talking, you know, secondhand about someone else's experience. Um, that for me, it just goes into the territory of very little evidence, if any, on what may or may not be happening and goes into the, the realm of interesting story, but just totally changed the tone of the whole documentary. I've got to say, overall for me, it's one that if it was free and it's on Amazon Prime or Netflix, I would have watched it and went, meh, and not watch it again. If I had paid for it, I would have been extremely disappointed. Um... That's not to say that maybe a couple of pounds or dollars wouldn't have went amiss to support the people who make these things because clearly a lot of work and effort has gone into it. I just wonder that the people involved, I don't feel they put as much effort into this as as they might do on their own channels or streams now. Yeah, very, very much business as usual, I'd say. Yeah, and, and do you know what? Maybe that's a point that 
with UFO documentaries, do we see far less of them these days because people have their own channels? Like Rich Dolan, Linda Moulton Howe, John Greenwald all have their own their own mediums to to release podcasts, documentaries, YouTube updates there and then you don't have to wait three or four months and spend all that extra time to go into it and you can support your content creators like like ourselves and, and anyone through various different means so is it more difficult for one of these to get made and actually be be of any use maybe the phenomenon by james fox gets less praise than it deserves in that respect that he managed to make something so fantastic and actually move the conversation forward that it became it became the linchpin for that's what that's the standard better. What documentary? The Phenomenon by James Fox. Go watch that. Yeah, hundred percent. The The Phenomenon is super easy to recommend because it's a it's a great primer for people that don't know this subject. Um, you know, it leaves you with a lot of questions, but it gives you a lot to hold on to. You know, no no one's coming away from that going, "There's no proof of this." They're coming away going, "Oh wow, there's a lot more proof than I thought there was of this." James put that together in a, in a really incredible way and made it look like he'd had a lot of money to do it, um, which is why I guess it took him so long, right? Yeah. Um, so that's The Observers. Like I said, our honest opinion. If you've watched it, share your opinion with us, what you think. A lot of the the comments we are airing on the negative side that we, we, we saw online, but I appreciated uh, speaking to the director, the exec producer, uh, and having that opportunity uh, and again if they're going to stay involved in making more hopefully down the line it's it's just got a bit more meaty content to it, uh, or opinion that makes you get think there was nothing in here that i think would make you stop think change your opinion or or anything otherwise um moving on there was another one dan i'll share the funny story as to what happened with me watching so i was sent the observers screener um uh, very luckily early on to review and I was also sent multidimensional. I didn't realize until I was 40 minutes into multidimensional that it wasn't the observers because I didn't realize they were sending me two separate documentaries. <laughs> um, I must have missed the opening and I was really confused as to why it had just been P- Peter Maxwell Slattery, Mary Rodwell, Jason Gleaves and a few others. And I was like, where's Jimmy Church and Lou and Dolan and Linda Moulton Howe? And, the production value isn't as much as the observers has either. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. And I checked my emails and it was a totally different documentary. So I, <laughs> I kind of watched half of this by mistake, but I still I still took notes. Um, it's not got the same production values as the observers. Multidimensional focuses very much on the story of Peter Maxwell Slattery, a well-known Australian ufologist uh, ce5 expert he's an experiencer really and it, he shares his story um about his his lifelong experiences with alien entities and peter maxwell slattery uh, talks really well he's someone i'd love to speak to on the podcast I, i've been speaking to him uh, briefly about coming on um but for me it's very much and again it's not to use the word in the negative the the woo of the subject the the conversation is about telepathy there's a lot of footage of of lights moving across the sky it it looks like chris bledsoe's facebook feed in a documentary form (laughs) and that's not to be derogatory but you can't really see much other than a light moving across the sky and you're told it's a craft you're told it's an orb okay 
but I, I can't see that from the camera footage that we've got. Yeah, we, we almost need like little case studies of these things, you know. I pe- People seem to, or in my experience at least, when, you, you know, I'll always ask the basic questions, not because I doubt someone's story straight away, but because I just want to see that they're doing their due diligence. You know, if someone sh- shows me a light in the sky and says that's a UFO, and I ask them, did you check the planes in the area? And they go, uh, no, I didn't have to. I know what it is. Then you can take it with a pinch of salt, right? Whereas if someone has some details and they're like, no, I checked it. Look, there was nothing there. It, it just moves it up in the credibility a bit for me. Um, so I think they, it would have gone a long way here to, to just have those kinds of things. Um, you know, NARCAP provides an excellent uh, template for kind of following in investigating uh, these UFO claims in that way. Uh, so people should be following it. Sometimes I think what you need and what I would have liked to have seen in both the observers and multidimensional is just that other opinion, that other point of view, and just not hold people accountable, but just just ask some difficult questions and let's hear the other side of the arguments. Um, something I think we try to do in this podcast. Um, Peter talks about all the craft he's seen. He talks about seven foot blue liquid aliens being projected from blue orbs. He talks about being taken to angelic realms, realms with no stars. But there's zero evidence of any of this other than Peter being gracious to tell his story. But there's nothing to back it up. And, you know, Mary Rodwell uh, is someone, again, who should be coming on the podcast. I've had to reschedule due to me having COVID. Um, But again, I've got a lot of stuff I'd love to talk to Mary about. She shares her thoughts and feelings about counselling experiencers talks about human consciousness people at nikola tesla and others having these downloads but again it's just all all seems to be that everything is definitely 100 percent alien experiencers different realms angelic where at what point uh, is someone lying or making stuff up or is someone suffering some form of trauma you know where where is the due diligence in any of that as you say what at what point do you say this is genuine, this isn't? Because there are aspects of this whole subject which can be damaging to the credibility of it. Not that you can't talk about this kind of stuff, but I know, Dan, we have joked about this in the past, but when people talk about love and light and star seeds and star beings, and uh, it, it's something I really struggle with personally. Well, it's language that you need to kind of be initiated in first, right, before you, you're comfortable with it. And calling something a star seed you know if you said to me oh you know dan you you humanity comes from molecules that were on a meteor and it hit earth and we grew from that and thus you're a seed from the stars cool i get that context but just kind of using the terms like star seed and things like that and and to just mean you know we're almost hybrids of these beings and it usually goes into reptilians and kind of you know the so-and-so from pleiades um it, uh, can I just mention on that, Dan? Yeah. You, you mentioned like so-and-so being from Pallades or Orion beings. That's the name that we gave to these star systems, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so it's just it's just fantastic that they also use those same names. Um, and, and if you look at those star systems, systems as well, I actually find it really fascinating because that's the shape we see from where we are. They don't make that shape in the sky. If you flew there you would come across the, you know, the bottom left foot of Orion first, and then you'd see the rest of the shape kind of distorted in front of you because it just looks different from where you are now. Absolutely. Like the further you get into the Milky Way, the more different it looks and you have that. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're absolutely spot on, Dan, with 
the way that would look as well. So, and that's not to downplay that and say that's the reason it's not true. But I think there's a real lack of of evidence. The, the multi-dimensional for me is if you really do enjoy hearing about um, experiencers, the the idea of you know dreams being a, a huge aspect of this human consciousness. And if you enjoy hearing about various different realms, angels, angelic beings, then this is something I think you might enjoy. Um, there's again the the idea of love and light is talked about quite a bit, and I I mentioned you know in my notes Dan, what about abductions and people having terrifying traumatic experiences because this is one of those things like like Stephen Greer does quite often. It totally negates any negativity in this subject, which you have to you have to discuss. What if you don't want to be abducted, either physically or non-physically, whether in your dreams or not, then that can be a harrowing experience for people. And not everyone claims that any abduction has been entirely positive and have had this overwhelming feeling of calm wash over them. There's plenty of people who haven't had good experiences. You, so you have to take that into the conversation. Uh, and it doesn't do that in this documentary either for me. No. Um it made me think of Witness of Another World. I don't remember that one. That came out a year or so back. And that was a really gorgeous documentary that it was about an experience someone had, but it didn't focus entirely on the experience. It was all about how he carried that forward in his life and how it changed him. And I thought that was real interesting because not only does it make it easier to relate to instead of just seeing these, you know, hollow CG recreations of being asked to suspend your disbelief, mm -hmm. um, you can actually see this this deep, heavy effect that whatever the event was, it had on this person. And it leads them to some real interesting places and seeing them reflect with a little bit of skepticism goes a long way, I thought. Yeah. And the, I mean, Jason Gleaves was the third guest I had on the, the podcast and he he's uh, featured throughout, which was great to see. Uh, and Jason is good with his anal analyzing of footage and stuff. But there, there was one where, he reviews a couple of bits of footage and talks about it being legitimate footage of an alien entity. The first was very spurious and it's extremely poor detail that you can't make out. And the second looks like a face, but could be anything. You know, is it is it pareidolia or whatever it is again? Yeah, I that's right. That before, yeah, kind of just seeing shapes and things. Yeah, yeah. Like Jesus and on and the for me, it was stuff. like it, it could be, but it could be something else. So it just it it struggled for me to find its place in, in showing a balanced view of the subject. The Professor Gary Nolan, Dr. Colm Kelleher recently have talked about people dying or being severely injured, getting rare cancers from contact with some of these objects, beings, orbs. None of that is talked about in this documentary. It's And it's very much for me a, a slightly poorer version of what Stephen Greer produces. Yeah, sure. I can see that. I can see um, that. So again, I'm, I hate to sound like we've just ragged on two documentaries, <laughs> but people have asked us about both of them. For me, they're, they're both, if they're free and you're interested in, in either of those kind of directions, then okay, yeah, check them out. But it's not something I, I would be happy paying for. Um, and they both leave for me a lot of questions that they would have made them much more balanced documentaries had those been explored and answered. Yeah, Your for thoughts, sure. Dan? You know, they, like you said, this is for people who are into just listening to experiences. Um, but in a way, I felt like the the stories in the film are better served by listening to interviews with these people um, rather than being edited along uh, a, a narrative. 
so I'd probably recommend that people go listen to interviews with, uh, you know, Peter Maxwell Slattery and Mary Rodwell um, and people like that to just get the information from the source without any any of the the need to make it dramatic for a movie. Absolutely. Well, listen, Dan, that is pretty much our, us, us done for this breakdown. Um, thank you, for folks, for, for checking us out. Dan, again, what are the details of the raffle for people who want to get involved? So you can find that at go.rallyup.com forward slash truth. Awesome. And again, folks, thank you very much for listening. We are almost at the year's end. The next interview up, like I say, is Dr. Michael P. Masters. Really interesting one. Check that one out. Next week, we have Frank Milburn will be the guest on the podcast as well. Oh, and something I forgot to mention, and and we'll just drop it in at the end here. Um, As of now, we won't be doing any more shows on KGRA. It's nothing you know devious or anything on either end it's just with the podcast with the youtube channel we're putting a lot of work and effort into that and we just don't have the time at the minute to do the extra show and everything else so uh, kgra were really gracious and i let bill over there know that we weren't going to be doing that for the foreseeable future anyway um thanks for the opportunity it's been wonderful being a part of that they've got some great stuff on there um, but going forward we'll just be concentrating on the the podcast the audio and also the, the youtube channel itself and getting the content out there but there will still be those youtube videos and hopefully we're going to do one in the next week as well dan yeah yeah 100 uh with with that kind of you know being put to bed uh we'll, we'll kind of have a, a regular live uh, where people can ask us questions and stuff and it'll just be a bit of a different format to mix it up from the interviews and breakdown and you know uh, quantum witch cafe and dave and graham's pod absolutely in the next couple of weeks uh, as we've got the holidays i hope everyone has a great time um thanks for checking out the podcast we're going to have a year-end show i've not told dan yet but on patreon people have already been dropping over their highlights of 2021 very cool so that'll be available for folks that might be a good one to do on the youtube live yeah that might be one that we release audio it'll be on audio and youtube anyway and like i say guest wise we are rearranging with diana pasulka as well um that was one that was arranged during covid it knocked me out for a couple of weeks folks as you've heard my scheduling and everything else has been all over the place but i'm getting kind of back into it as the year finishes so thanks for everyone being so patient in the meantime just to let people know as well that uh andy has actually gained superpowers he can now read minds Mm -hmm. and he's currently recording while stuck to the ceiling so that's an interesting turn of events I wish. I absolutely wish. But yes, folks, listen, thank you very much. Before Christmas, Dan and I will be back with another show and you've got plenty of interviews and content still coming up as well. So speak to you soon. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer, a little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little more
Meditative game stayed full on meta. I can't imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there it was. Like you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz.